Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. Welcome back to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. And for the first time in a long time, I am not alone. Um, as I move my mic over, I am with my one and only true love of my life, except for the Lord Jesus, but my best friend and ministry worker, partner, and everything else, Natalie is here. Welcome. Oh, so, um, we have... We have not been able to record for a multitude of reasons. Sorry if you're hearing that squeak. Um, I've I've been told, I've been told, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you know what I mean, know what I mean. Uh, A few of you might get that reference. Um, But I've been told that a new chair is coming in October um, to celebrate a few things. But anyway... um, so I'm gonna try to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to do something which is hard for somebody of Jewish descent to do: not move. Um, and that includes like moving your hands. I know, I know. Says the says the person who keeps telling me I'm more Jewish than you because her grandmother's Jewish. My great grandmother. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do at times. No, I don't realize that. Like, yeah. See, there like, you go, right oh. there. I know, I know. Most of you are probably sitting there saying, you, you need to video this. And I know some of you have said that, but uh, my wife is camera shy at the moment. And she's not totally against it. It's just for today, she wasn't in the mood for it. So uh, maybe in the in the future, we will um, go to cameras um, and kind of do a, a bl- uh, what, is it? What, what is it, a podcast and a vlogcast? I don't know what they call that. But anyway, so I am in my um, newly designed office. Uh, it's getting there slowly. It's getting there, slowly. but but I mean it's 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 cleaner than it was. It's a lot better than it was. Yeah, I will give you that. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually uh, we were going to record about a half hour ago, but, but then I, we needed a nice coffee run. Yeah, so so you've heard it. I'm, I'm sure everybody has heard America runs on Dunkins. Um, but uh, in New England, we, we have a donkeys on every corner. And so the, the running joke is um, <clears throat> basically that, uh, you know, you, you got to have your donkeys. You got to go for a donkeys run. And you're going to have a nice coffee even when it's 17 below yep. In, yep. in a New England winter. So yep. that's what we're doing. In actually, the middle of winter, I could have my iced coffee. Yeah, actually, actually, it was funny. I think... I think Sam Rayner, when when he interviewed me for uh, something, he uh, he asked me like if I was if I was that typical New Englander that had to have a nice coffee when it was cold out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I yes. Mean, once in a while, I'll have the hot coffee, but I really do prefer the iced coffee. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's, it's something it's something ingrained in us, I guess. But uh, anyway, so. We are back, and uh, yeah, we have not been able to record. We, oh man, we have had quite the uh, quite the thing. Now I am finishing up seminary. I uh, as of today, as of recording, I have four weeks 
left. Can't come fast enough. Yeah, my wife is my wife is tired of many nights where I am in my office doing school work until uh, 10 30 11. Yeah. So uh, it'll be worth it, it's just and I've been asked, I've been asked to, to continue, you know, uh, choose to continue and get my doctorate, but um, I have been sworn under pain of death by my wife, my elder, and my church that if I <clears throat> do not take the next at least five years off and um, relax. Uh, <clears throat> that, yeah. That so, um, you know, I'm, I'm under pain of death, so... But, uh, yeah, it's been that. And then, of course, you want to... The flood? Yeah. <laughs> many, a mini flood. Yeah. But enough to wipe us out and at the church. And yeah. So, I mean, the church is still standing. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, so, what it, was it, about two weeks ago? Yeah. So, um, many of you know, um, we had uh, the hurricane down south. By the time it got up here, it was a tropical storm. But Elsa... Uh, she would not let it go, <laughs> and um, you know I I can, I can remember I, I was in my office I was doing some work. No, we were actually we had just finished up lunch. We were in there, and I was going to go take a nap. Right, right. And I said I'm going to go take a nap, so I went downstairs, and I could see the reflection of the window on the floor. Right. And I said, something's not right there. So we had about an inch. And a half to two inches. Yeah. It, it was probably an inch in some places, two in inches in others. Because the, the floor, the way that they designed the floor down there. It's not completely even. Yeah. It's designed to kind of go. So there's, under the rug, the rug is a mold-free rug. Yes. And it's designed uh, with a couple of, I guess, um, grates under the underneath in the floor to drain the water and so those were working overtime the pump was working overtime um then we had the shop vac yeah and the shop vac that took up a lot that took so it took us about three days um by sunday i was exhausted you were exhausted um so we only made it through sunday morning by the by God's the grace of grace. god and yeah. the love of our church yes um, in fact, we had we had some some people dropping off shop vacs and other things to help out, and um, some of the ladies washed some of our clothes because they got softened. Some of them got softened wet and and filled with mold and, no, and it stuff. It was it was bad. So anyway, um, it has been a, a an adventure. If, to say the yeah. Least. So here we are now. I think this this today it's three weeks since Elsa. And it's still... There's some areas. I mean, for the most part, it's really dry. It's yeah. a lot. And we've got mold control stuff coming. And yeah. We're, 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 we've been taking care of it, but it's been a lot of work. And when you're in a revitalization and you don't have uh, as many people, like, you know, it's the summer. So a lot of our people are traveling. A lot of our people are working. Um... So, uh, you know, we've had some help, but it's not the help that, like, a larger church would be able to have and, and you know, probably have everything under control. Uh, luckily, uh, yesterday, the humidity broke. So yesterday, today, tomorrow, supposed to be the lowest humidity we've had in weeks. Right. 
and um, I mean the mustiness is gone. Yeah, that, we've we've got the windows open. We we kept the windows open overnight, and it basically allowed a lot of the floor down there to to begin to really, like, the spots that were still damp are dry now. The the things that still had a lot of water, they're damp. But you know, we're still probably another week away. <laughs> so, um, anything else you want to bring up? <laughs> Um, I think just between your school and between that, it's just exhaust, exhaustion. Yeah, so it's been exhausting, and so that's why we haven't had Eric. I can't get into details, but um, uh, Eric has been busy with a lot of stuff, including a new member of the family, uh, and that's all I'm going to leave. But Eric is actually going to be—he's actually working on an interview. Um, to talk about college ministry in revitalizations, and um, he's going to be working. He's working on that himself to have an interview with somebody and get that to to us to get that uploaded ASAP. But um, you know, he has not forgotten us. Uh, he's he's just got a lot of stuff he's working through um, this year, kind of really on him. Um, so yeah, yeah. And we have some stuff coming up. Oh yeah, we got some stuff. Um, so, so one of the things we've had is commissional, commissional, missional, missional community groups, um, and that that actually last night we had one that really was what it was supposed to be. You know, like questions asked, questions answered, people really getting it now, understanding what it means to to really be in a missional group and really get deeper into the word and and life and everything right so that's been good and i i love our meal time we're, we're gonna be shifting it so that each week we'll eventually have a meal um which is good because we have some younger families and what i mean by younger families is families with youngins um and so it's been difficult for them to come to community group yeah right and this gives them that option that option to uh, be able to get here, have a meal, and learn. I mean, I think we're still trying to figure out if we're going to do it every single week, the meal. Yeah. Like we've had some of our older folks who want to be part of the missional community group, but they said being here for three hours is, is kind of tough for them. Right. So we're still trying to maneuver. Um, it's going to take some, yeah, you know, adjustments. Work, work through that, but I think, like, you, for a while we were, for our commu missional community groups, we were doing the um, um, going over the sermons. Yeah. Deeper th on that Thursday night, which was good, and it worked for a while that way. But then we started to realize that we needed to kind of go back to the t drawing board and figure out how we can do our discipleship better. Yep. And everything. So now you know we're finishing up roof. Yeah, so we've been doing Ruth for... It's been a really good study, and I like the new layout that you have with the questions and um, trying to get people to ask, answer, ask the questions and talk and open up. And But I noticed, especially last night, because it was such a small group, which is what our ultimate goal is, is to have our groups like four to six people. Mm -hmm. um, but it will allow them to ask more questions. We've, ha we've had a few people say... 
you know, it's tough when it's a larger group. Sometimes they feel intimidated if they don't know as much as some of the other people. Yep. That they want to ask questions, but, you know, they just feel a little bit uncomfortable asking questions. Um, but last night, I think, because it was such a small group, um, it really, it just kind of was what we hope it to be. Yeah. You know? It really was. So, and that's the thing. I think, um, I think it's going to be. I'm trying to think. Um, like, I, there's a lot I want to have in it, right. um, which I think will end up happening. But I think it's going to be. It's going to take some more adjustments. Yeah. Some more, some more um, give and take, and that's why we wanted to do some of the stuff early. Before the launch, so by the time we launch, we can just do some fine-tuning. Right, definitely. Um, so one of the other things that we are, that we've been praying about for a while is doing an outdoor family service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of got put on the back burner for a while. And then a few weeks ago at our Michigan Community Group, it was a small group. And we were having kind of our fellowship time, and then we were at prayer time. And it was something... One of our members said that she, the Holy Spirit brought to her mind after you prayed. Mm -hmm. And she said, let's do an outdoor family service and yes. cookout. And we were like, well, we've been praying about that, but it just kind of had been put on the back burner. Yep. So now we realize this is the perfect opportunity to get outside. Like you think of all the churches that have had outdoor services when COVID was going on and everything like that. But because we were so small, we really weren't doing outdoor services. But mm -hmm. this is the opportunity, I think, this is the right time to do an outdoor service. Because now people, they're going to see us outside the four walls. Mm -hmm. See us worshiping, hear God's word, come for some free food. It'll give our, us and our, the members an opportunity to, to just have a conversation with somebody. Maybe that's driving by and stops in. Yeah, and that that I think is going to be the the big key thing is um, people are driving by. You know, one thing we've heard, and I don't know, you know, this is a revitalization podcast, so I don't know how many people have heard this about their churches where people people come in, they stop in, and they're wondering, or they've heard rumors, hey, you're closed, you're shut down. They don't know what's really going on, like. Our, our biggest thing is people think that the cars are in our parking lot are parking there to go hiking. Um, and, and that was a big issue. But now they're going to be driving by as they see all the new changes and seeing the church out on its front lawn worshiping God, which a lot of churches did last year with COVID. Right. Well, and it helped. It really helped. Like uh, one, one of the churches I know of is in... Um, I think Bristol, Connecticut, um, and that's what they were doing. And he he said like they got up to like eighty people at one point because of that, and it made it hard when they had to go back in doors. Like how were they going to do that sort of stuff? Because they actually I think they stayed out till like October as long as they could. Kind of the old the old joke here in New England is uh, how long can you last before you turn the heat on. Um, so maybe it's something to think about, maybe like once a month or something. Yeah. You know, during the, you know, the months that we can stay out and everything. Um, and then, like, as we go into next year, do it through the spring and summer, once a month. 
Right. I think it really could be something that might, you know, bring some good, bring forth some good results. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So uh, about the um, video. Yes. Oh yeah, but I was also thinking of the thing in September. Oh yes, yeah, so we're doing homecoming in September, um, and that's something that's something we've wrestled with. Um, I actually heard a podcast which greatly encouraged it, um, and what it was was um, you know like when you have a revitalization, a lot of questions people have is how do I get how do I reconnect with some of the people that left um, for us. The previous leadership here never kept records. You know, I can't find records of much for, you know, who was here. Right. And so um, we've decided we have a, a trustee here who uh, has bent over backwards and done so much in, in the four years we've been here. And so it was basically um, the membership. Um, but he's been here for like 20 plus years. Right, right, right. Yeah. But like the membership here basically unanimously decided they wanted to honor him. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to be honoring him and um, bringing, you know, uh, giving him something <laughs> as a thank you. And so this is going to be for us what we want to do um, as a church family. Yeah. And so we've got a page we're inviting people we don't know how to connect with some of these people we've reached out in certain ways that we know of uh emails that we've been given of one or two people and um kind of sent that out to those people to yeah. say hey uh, and it's a time for fellowship too because we're having a like lunch afterwards right and, you know i think it's going to be a great time i'm excited about it so that's that's what we're trying to do the other thing that we did was uh, I made a video now uh, Mark Clifton um, who many of you probably know um, I like to think of him as the godfather of revitalization um, but he um, he basically had talked about uh, putting a blurb in their bulletin at Warnell Road where he was leading a revitalization um, which kind of was and wasn't 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 a um, begging I guess I don't know how to call it but he wanted to um, just let people know rather than come out as he's talked about uh, you don't want to um, on a on a su you know on a Sunday you don't want to get up there and basically say uh, Bill and the family are gone that type of thing um, you know they're gone on vacation they'll be back next week um, rather than do that, he put this little blurb in there, which um, basically said uh, the church has, you know, had good times, bad times. This is a bad time, and if you really want to help out, um, this is this is the place for you. So this week, what I did is I um, did a video, and uh, that video came out and. Um, Basically, I kind of used some of that um, thought process in there. And uh, so I, I came on there, and uh, knowing that we've had people who have visited the church and say that uh, they thought the church was closed, they thought um, the church was closed and uh, didn't know what was going on. They saw the signs and the, the parking lot getting redone, but 
whatever reason they weren't stopping in and so uh, I made the video and um, I'll, I'll put a link um, to the video on, uh, in the um, notes show notes but um, you know I made the video and then I boosted it for a month with Facebook and actually this morning I uh, got a message from a gentleman who watched the video and um, felt compelled to uh, he wants to visit uh, this possibly this weekend he thinks he's got some gifts that can help the church so you know that's what we want to do and so that's that's what we've done and uh, you know again it's getting boosted for a month uh, my my elder <laughs> Um, I, I, I was ready to pay for the whole boost myself, and my elder handed me some money and said, put this in your bank account and um, boost some more. Boost it some more if you can. Yep. Or uh, use this towards what you... Yeah. Yep. So that's what we're doing. And um, I actually shared it with Eric this morning, and he's actually uh, thinking of doing it himself. Well, I think it's good because the last time you boosted a video, you did it for like seven days, right? Yeah. And you, we got a good... We got good uh, feedback on it. Right. So I really think boosting it for a month, you know, I just have this feeling it's going to be a good, positive thing. Right. So. Oh. Uh, that's it for updates. Um, <laughs> but this updates. isn't, I know a lot of you are like, that's a lot of updates. And um, you might be uh, getting tired of updates. So Nat had the idea today to encourage you. And I think that's a, that's a sad point that m is missing in a lot of, um, a lot of fellowship. And uh, what I mean is, um, you know, part of why I'm doing the pastor's uh, dinner. dinner in September is because I think pastors need to be encouraged. Um, you know, we go to too many conferences. We sit there and it's almost like a how-to yeah it's like it's too many how-to's and too many hey yeah this is how good we're doing and it makes you feel sometimes inferior yeah you know um so you, you, it's so easy to compare yourself you yeah know you shouldn't but you still it's just so easy to fall into that and and the guy i got so i was told uh we're not going to give it away today um but the guy i've got who's going to be speaking is not a pastor per se um and but he has a deep love and appreciation for pastors and knows that they need encouragement knows that um it's not about how many people you have or the building size or the cash flow it's about um uh, being on mission you know with christ with the holy spirit and um doing what the great commission tells us to do so that's what he's going to do, and he wants to encourage pastors uh, with that. He wants to say, "Hey, you know, keep keep on fighting the good fight." So it's not a this is not a video of why we need encouragement, so to say. It's us encouraging you, right? It's, you know, having somebody come alongside you and say, "I understand." You know, it doesn't matter if we've never spoken face to face. You know, we're still we're still serving the same mission. Mm -hmm. um, we're in the trenches with you. We're praying for you whether we know you or not. Right. You know? And that's the thing. I think, I think um, looking at the whole... Oh, I hate this seat. 
Um, looking at the whole thing, it, it really becomes a thing where I think, at least here in New England, I think the mentality becomes that we are competitors and not... Um, I'm trying together. To, yeah, I'm trying to think of a word that's opposite competition. Um, you know, we're not... Um, on the same team, basically. You know, right. it's, it's like a lot of people look at the church. I mean, you can go to any any large city or town in Massachusetts, and you'll find five or six churches down Main Street because, um, you know, everybody's trying to, to get the Word of God out. And a lot of people feel that, well, if that's the way you feel, you should get into a church, you know, a regular church, instead of... Uh, starting a church which is going to take away from others right and you know we've learned this that down south there is a different mentality they really. kind of they work to, they work together yeah uh, for the same mission yeah and we and we've seen it where a small church that's hurting that the pastor is good and trying to get the momentum going uh, we'll go to a small, you know, not a small, but we'll go to a larger church and say, can you send us three or four families for six six to 12 months? For a season. Yeah. It's not like, hey, we're trying to take these three or four families away from you, but they're willing to sacrifice just a few families to come build the momentum. Right. And kind of give the congregation with a smaller church that kind of like confidence that they can right. go out and... You know, um, and that's learn from one another. and that's the thing. You know, we, we look at it. We we saw that last last uh, year. We went to uh, replant first time. Natalie was able to go to the replant summit with me, and um, we saw that with the church fellowship church in I think it was Lee Summit um, or Greenville. It was one of those two, and they uh, reached out to Lenexa Baptist in Lenexa, Kansas. Which, of course, Kansas City, if you don't know, is a large city. And um, they reached out to them and said, Hey, we know you have people that are coming from this area. Could you spare some? And the church didn't say no. The church said, How many do you need? How many do you want? And they sent like 20 families or something like that. And the momentum really shifted from that point. And it wasn't so much that they lent them they gave, gave them, them to the church you know they said they, they basically called the families in um to like and, a meeting? yeah to a meeting and said you know this is what we want to do and this is what you should be doing and the families went and it worked it you know so then this dying church historic 150 plus year old church got strong because of that and right. then you know there's some more there's some more stories to to that but the the basis of it was this is what happened yeah and um it really helped strengthen the church absolutely so right. it's it's something we need to understand um and we need to do so yeah I think I think that's the one thing that we need to kind of kind of go forward in and and understand that um, in our situation, 
you know, yes. uh, here in New England, we shouldn't be in competition with one another. We need to uh, encourage encourage one another. Yeah. I mean, I hope my prayer, which I know is your prayer, is that eventually as we grow, that we have that mentality that there's going to be a smaller church that's struggling and that we're sitting there saying to some of our families, this is what needs to be done. You know, there were families that came out and helped us. Now let's return and be there for them. Right. And that's the thing. Like, as we grow, you know, even if we're like, 60 people yeah and, and, yeah and, definitely you know we can we can send them like we have two or three families that are in that area yes. i would i would turn around and say yeah go you know because by that time we're probably going to have the momentum going to to help strengthen our church and that's that should be the mentality within any church you know if they know that hey this church is suffering and this church uh, the, the pastor preaches the gospel you know most most of the time the pastor of that smaller church is having some kind of fellowship with the pastor of the bigger church and the pastor of the bigger church is willing to send people because they know that they this church wants to be on mission but is struggling to get into that mission because they're lacking the momentum you know they need some families to be catalysts to change the the DNA of the church with the pastor so how do you um, trying to think of what I want to say. How do you deal with when you're feeling discouraged? You know, and you need encouragement. What do you do? Um, I usually complain to Eric. Um, <laughs> seriously. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I do. I do go to Eric. I do talk to Eric at times. Um, I've got uh, Dave Jackson, who uh, is a great encourager. He's. Um, for those of you who do not know, he is the uh, Northeast Director of uh, Replanting for the North American Missions Board. Formerly, he, he did church planting uh, with the Baptist Convention of New England, but he's gone on to the mothership. <laughs> and uh, But he's a good friend and good encourager for me. Um, and there's a, couple of, there's a couple of guys on online I connect with. And what's your advice for pastors when their wife is struggling in this role? Um, my my advice is that they need to understand that it's going to be a time where they have to put down the pen. They got to get up from the computer um, and go and sit with their wife, talk to her, <clears throat> take her out, you know, um, go on a go on a Duncan's run. Um, I find even doing this is therapeutic for me. Mm. And and that's the thing. Everybody It's like talking out your struggles. Yes. And that's know? that's the but thing. But we're being transparent because we know that there are other pastors and wives out there that you know, like I was I'm part of a pastor's wife support page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's a private group for pastors' wives and widows. Yep. And there was one pastor's wife on there and her and her husband, her husband just be took the pastor at like two months ago and she's they're already feeling the pushback and I could tell that she's young a young pastor's wife not just in ministry but in age mm -hmm. and you know so I was trying to encourage her you know and I shared well I'll talk about that in a little bit but All the right. thing that um, 
but you know, I think it's good to be able to talk out our struggles with one another mm -hmm. and um, just encourage each other. Right, and that and that's the thing. I think I think we I think we have too much at times going on in our lives that we cannot fully. Um, trying to think of the correct wording here, you know, balance, balance or understand. And so one of the things that I'll throw out there is like, I think for a lot of pastors, um, and I actually saw this this morning, um, you know, um, I won't say the names, uh, because our listeners will know names, but, um, I saw this in one group on, on social media where basically uh, one person, I don't even know if they're a pastor, I think yeah. they're retired, was saying to another pastor that they liked going at it alone and they weren't uh, willing to, um, you know, talk to, talk to pastors. And I think that's the whole thing is we can, we can get this idea in our minds that this is the way it's got to go. And I'm all for understanding the mission and vision God gives us as pastors for our specific churches. Yes. But at the same time, there are times where we need to sit down and go over stuff with others to kind of look at the course correction, kind of look and see if maybe there's some stuff that we're doing which needs some fine-tuning, which needs some, um, you know, stirring. Because, you know, one thing about a ship, um, give, give a nautical thing, you know, a ship can go off one degree. And right. we, we in our mind think, well, it's just gone off one degree. But if it goes off one degree and it's going Everything straight... Off one degree, then. Right, but here's the thing. You go off one degree, you're, you're, on, you're going to New York. You go off one degree... You can end up in Boston, Portland, Halifax. And that's what we have to understand is if we're not keeping straight on the path, sometimes we think we are. But, you know, you know me. I'm a historian buff. I watch a lot of this stuff with shipwrecks. And a lot of these shipwrecks happened because the, the sailors thought they were going the direction they were supposed right. to. And because they didn't do any course correction, because they didn't check with anybody, disaster happens. And it can happen that way in churches. And I think, too, you know, if we think that we don't need others, but God has, he sees the bigger picture, and he wants to use you to encourage this other pastor mm -hmm. or other pastor's wife that comes across your path, you don't know what you could learn through that. Sometimes we're encouraging, we're giving advice to somebody, and in the process, we learn something ourselves. Exactly. And I think that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the beauty of being part of the family of God. And, you know, in that, it's like, you may not agree with, with the way one pastor, you know, you might have one pastor who's, you know, a staunch Calvinist and going in this direction. But you talk to him and you find out that he, one of his best pastor friends is this charismatic guy. And it doesn't make sense in your mind because you're like, whoa, that's two different theological, you know, tilts. But the thing is, is that, you know, you look at it and you realize 
No, it does, because you're both on the same mission. Right. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what your theological leaning is and what your theological leaning is, but you're both on the same mission, and so you can encourage one another by going out for coffee, going out to lunch, going out to dinner, and just talking and, and having that person to kind of, you know, like, like I don't like bringing a lot of stuff from the church to you, because you get a lot of it because you're dealing with it as a pastor's wife in other ministry areas that you're overseeing. And so I need that voice to kind of go and have coffee with and say, oh, and, you know, that's one thing I've noticed is I really need to have a person locally that I can go to and do that with. Right. And I think, too, like for pastors' wives... <laughs> coffee Sorry, break. Coffee break. Um, but it's so easy, you know. We too need to be encouraged because, like we talked about before, when we talked and we did the podcast about what is the role of a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, our main role is to encourage our husbands that above anything else. But with that being said, to stay encouraged, we can't lose ourselves within the ministry. Like, let it define us. Mm-hmm. You know, so like for me, one thing that I'm learning is not to let it consume me, but to realize that I'm still me. Yep. And my identity is in Christ, but I'm still Natalie. I'm I'm not just a pastor's wife. You know, I'm your wife. You're right. You know, um, I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. Um, find something that you enjoy doing, like a hobby. You know, I had a wonderful gift given to me. Um, I'm doing photography as a hobby. Somebody gave me a beautiful camera just because it was put on their heart. Yeah. And it's something to kind of take my mind off of, you know, just the everyday, you know, ups and downs of ministry and just enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. We, we look at, like, you look at Paul's ministry. And, you know, Paul talked to, um, you know, he, he always encouraged the sending of people to him and to others. Um, you know, I'm looking now, just, just trying to quickly, I'm, I'm trying to remember the verse that I'm looking for, but I'm looking at uh, Titus three twelve through 15, mm-hmm. and you read that. When I send Artemis and Tychius, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, <laughs> to you, do you do your best to come to me. Uh, at Nicopolis, Nicopolis, uh, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they are lacking nothing, and let your people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help causes of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So there's a lot of encouragement right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's what we need. And, you know, I think I think that's the thing is we forget, uh, and you touched on this, is that we as pastors, we go through stuff and we kind of forget, you know, we get over a season and, and as hard as a season that is, we're glad to get over it. But we might be sitting there and might be able to recall that season to encourage another pastor who's beginning that season, that right. same season. Right. 
Absolutely. So, so it's almost kind of like we need to remember not to be so far removed from when we were started out, but when we were going through that struggle that we know a fellow um, pastor, you know, in ministry is dealing with, or a fellow pastor's wife is dealing with. Because what did we learn from it? Who was there for us? Now we can turn, in turn, be there for someone else. Right. And so that's the thing. I think I think we need to understand that our, you know, part of our ministry also might not just be to encourage our flocks, but it's to encourage one another. I yeah. mean, like other other pastors people. and pastors' wives. Absolutely. And, and I think the reason, I mean, it's just, it's such an important topic that I think just doesn't, get focused on enough. Right. And and then we look. You you brought this up this morning as we were like going over notes is you look at the number of pastor suicides over the last 5 years. I mean, I, I hate to say 5 years, but when I look at it, yeah. Um what is it? 4 years ago, um I uh, I think it was four, yeah, 4 years ago. Me and Eric went to the past, went to the first replant summit that we attended. And that was that was huge. That was that was there was a. I I just remember the the um, we were in Alpharetta and it just grew silent as people were looking. Pastors were looking at their phones, getting news, and you heard the whispers and everything. And um, you know uh, Andrew Andrew Stockland, I think was his name. Um, you know that came out, and then. You just look at it, and just a few months ago, we had a few months, about a month or so ago, we had another one, and you know, we 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 think about it. You know, we think we live in a society where it tells us success brings happiness, and in truth, God is the only thing that brings us happiness. Um, and you know, it, it's just one of those things where. We need to encourage one another and yeah. lift one another up and understand the situations. So one of the things that has been heavy on my heart, so in the past I've done a lot of blogging and I kind of got away from it because life happened and was busy being a pastor's wife and everything I do. But I really feel the Holy Spirit saying like, um, because I want to write a book, but I haven't blogged for a while, so I've restarted a blog for pastors wives, and you're gonna put the link on the. Um, yeah, I'm. I, so we bought the domain, yes, yes. NatalieMcKinnon.com because Natalie's goal. I think everybody has this goal, but <laughs> Natalie's got a goal of writing. Um, she she. I'm going to break her heart on this, but um, she spent about two years writing a book about her struggles with bipolar disorder, and uh, it's disappeared. I'm not going to say it's deleted. It's disappeared. It's somewhere in the vast memories of one of our, one of our laptops, and we're going to struggle to find it, and she's going to struggle to get find a publisher for it. And, you know, she's already thinking, if not, she's going to start to rewrite it. But in the meantime... But in the meantime, she's writing the blog, and we got NatalieMcKinnon.com to... Right, because I, like, yes, I started that book a while ago, but 
I feel really compelled to write a book for Pastor Flies. So that is coming soon, <laughs> but um, we're going to, uh, so I've got to connect her blog to that domain. So I'm probably going to work on that before I put this podcast live. I know yeah. it, we promise it live on Fridays, um, but it it's going to be probably late Friday night when it goes live um, because I'm going to work after we are done here connecting her blog. And then, of course, I have my own blog, DonMcKinnon.com. I have not blogged on there in a while because of seminary. But now that seminary is winding down four weeks, I'm going to get real emotional probably because, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a lifelong thing. It's something that I promised my mother that I would do. And, uh, you know, things happened that kept me from doing it. But um, my mom had been a um, been like Samuel's mother and uh, gave me to God at my birth uh, because uh, I basically died for 10 minutes and um, she told God if if uh, I lived I would be his and here I am but um, so that's gonna do it I'm not gonna talk anymore I'll cry um, and I'll hear it from Eric um, but anyway, that's going to be getting a little bit more play. But we're here to encourage you. So I think we should pray for our listeners. So Yeah. Um, it's going to be weird. We, I don't think we've ever closed in, in so the life of this podcast. Pastors, the pastors, and I'll pray for the pastors' wives. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, I pray for my brothers who are in the trenches uh, fighting the good fight. Father, I pray for those that are, are doing well and um, you've given them uh, many lieutenants and, and uh, sergeants and corporals and, and grunts, Father, uh, and those churches are doing well. And I pray that you would encourage them and keep them straight and on the on the narrow path, Father. For those, though, who are in the trenches and not sure what's going on. Maybe some are ready to give up. Maybe they don't see um, the positivity of what they are doing in their current situation. Maybe there is a battle brewing over something as as petty as a communion table or flags in the sanctuary or something like that, Father. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that they would be encouraged. I pray that you would give them men to surround them, whether or not they're men from their own churches or men who have gone through similar situations and just lift them up, Father. Um, encourage them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you, as the great comforter, would just comfort them, encourage them, and give them the strength they need as they are working on their sermons and ready to preach this Sunday, Father, that you would just speak to and through them and that they would be heavily encouraged and be an encouragement. We ask this in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. and Lord, I want to lift up my sisters in Christ, Lord. 
I pray for all the pastor's wives that are out there. Uh, no matter how long you've been in ministry along your side, your husband, Lord, I pray that they will just feel your touch, Lord, that you will wrap them up in your love and embrace, that they will be in the shelter of your wings, Lord, that they will feel the peace that passes all understanding and, and feel the comfort, Lord, where they are in the trenches. Um, it's a it's a heavy load to carry, Lord. And I know that there are probably many, many pastors' wives out there that are uh, struggling. I pray over their marriage. I pray over their children. I pray that you will encourage them so that they can do what you've equipped them to do to encourage their husbands. Because we know that it's a team and uh, it, they have to work together, Lord. So I just pray that they will cling to you, that they will find their strength in the scriptures, Lord, uh, that we will remember the importance of encouragement and encouraging each other and um, to know that even if we feel strong, then maybe the Lord is calling us to use what we've been through to encourage someone else who's been through it. Because you might be feeling strong now, but there might be a time when you're not feeling strong and you need your sisters to come alongside you. So I just pray that you will just put a hedge of protection around these women, Lord. Let them know that they are precious in your sight and that you have a purpose for them to not lose their identity in the midst of the ministry, Lord. To know that they're more than just the pastor's wife, that they are women, they are your children that you called. I just pray that you bless them abundantly in their families and their ministries. And I ask all these things in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, so that is it for this episode. Uh, I had originally planned this to be a half hour. Half hour? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those topics. It's that, one of those topics. <laughs> so, for Natalie, yep. uh, I am Don McKinnon. We both are here at Legacy Church in Sutton, Massachusetts, and we hope that this has been an encouragement. Too. Yeah, and uh, we will see you again soon. God bless. God bless.